a playlist original. Hey guys, I'm Steven. I'm Giselle. And we are the Lover's Passport and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered Adventures. And today we have a really exciting episode for you. We just got back from a trip to the Arctic Circle. We went to Finland and we're going to be sharing all about our experience chasing the northern lights, going dog sledding, enjoying the crazy temperatures out there and everything there is to know about Finland. Should we start off by saying Finland was not our original plan, technically? Yeah, we actually were trying to really go to Norway because everyone said, oh, Norway is where you get the best Northern Lights. And the whole purpose of this trip was to go see the Northern Lights. And when we were looking at prices and everything, it was kind of a last minute call to switch to Finland because we, I mean, in that whole area, you get it from Finland to Sweden to Norway and even Greenland and Iceland. So we've already been to Iceland twice. So we kind of like, like, okay, maybe we'll, we'll wait on that one. And then the flights to Norway were just astronomical. And then we didn't even look at Sweden, to be honest. I don't know why we didn't, but we just didn't. And then we got a flight alert for, um, for oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the airport name? Helsinki. And so then we were like, all right, Finland. And I, I think this might be the most spontaneous trip we've done in a really long time because we booked the flights and everything like December 27th, like right after Christmas, and then got all the hotels and stuff together. And then... We were there a week later. Yeah, it was, later. it was definitely one of the most spontaneous trips. I feel like in December, we had our little yearly meeting. We were like, okay, what do we want to do for next year? And we decided that we're going to be doing like a bucket list series. So Finland was and Chasing the Northern Lights was kind of our January bucket list thing. We were like, okay, we could stay in like snow hotel, stay in an igloo, go to the Arctic Circle. That was like one of our bucket list things. And then in February, we were like, why don't we try and go to the Great Barrier Reef? We can go get scuba dive. I mean, scuba certified. We can go diving out there. And then in March, we're going to go potentially chase the cherry blossoms out in Japan. So every month, we're just trying to pick something to do that is a bucket list item for us. So this was kind of, it kind of sprung out of there. And then I feel like we saw something on Instagram or TikTok. We were I like, did. whoa, we, we want to go there. I saw a reel on Instagram and I was like, Stephen, let's go to Finland. And he's like, sure. And I booked it. <laughs> it was so funny. When people say that, you know, Instagram doesn't really make a difference. It definitely does. I booked a full trip because this one hotel posted this one reel, the Northern Lights above this glass igloo. It's crazy. But yeah, that hotel was also really dope. So it was a 10 out of 10 choice. However, this trip was not according to plan. Shocker. I know. It was quite funny. I mean, even from the beginning, we were like, okay, we know it was going to be cold. We kept hearing that it was going to be like minus 20 all the way up to minus 30 degrees Celsius. So we were prepping for the trip. And I feel like that was one thing that kind of turned out good for the trip is the temperatures really weren't that bad. It was like zero degrees and like the coldest it got was like minus three or minus four degrees Celsius, Celsius which is what? 30 or 29 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, it wasn't bad, honestly. Yeah, I feel like there was a few times where I could take my jacket off because I was like, I'm, I'm not too hot. But it was very, very interesting seeing the differences in weather. And we could do a whole podcast episode on weather, but that was probably the biggest thing with Finland. In order to see the Northern Lights, you need two things. First off, you need Aurora forecast and you need the Aurora to be alive or you need activity. So there's a bunch of different apps you can use to track that. And we had great aurora activity the entire trip it was going up we were chasing the northern lights what felt like so many evenings but the clouds and the rain and the snow on the other hand are the other thing that you need you need clear skies in order to see the aurora and i feel like that was the hardest part for us <laughs> we tried so hard to get out of the clouds we drove like for hours 
hours some nights. We stayed up until like 4 a.m. one night to try and get them. And that is the night that we actually did get to see them. But it was just so cloudy or it wasn't the same, you know. Like first time seeing them. So you've seen them before, but I had never seen them, which is why I really want to see this trip. And we actually no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it until we give you some background. But I'll, we did see them. It just wasn't optimal, you know. <laughs> so as soon as we got there, we we do not own a snow scraper or anything like that, just because we only see the snow like maybe a dozen times a year out here in California. So the snow's a destination. Yeah, it was it was comical. And then as soon as we got there, we had the bright idea of we're like, okay, let's let's book a tour. Let's go on a Northern Lights tour the first day we got there. And we thought it would be totally fine, but I felt like we were rushing around the entire time. First off, all the streets there are completely snow and iced over. But the really cool thing about the Finland rental cars are they don't wear chains at all. They have like these little metal dots that or metal, what would you call them, spikes that go mm -hmm. in their tires and they, they are snow tires. I'm sure other places have these. We're just ignorant here in California. We do not have snow tires. But driving with those was amazing. We could get all the way to our Airbnb. We checked in, put all of our stuff down, and then we had like 20 minutes to get to our first Northern Lights tour. And we were like, all right, first day in, first day in Finland, the igloo that we were staying in looked amazing. We have a rental car, the weather's good. And we headed off to our Northern Lights tour. And it was, it was an interesting experience because we were actually shooting a campaign trying to highlight the Northern Lights. So I, I felt like we kind of needed them, you know? We did, and we did not. We did not get them. Shocker. <laughs> you know what we did get though? So clouds. all, all That's <laughs> we got clouds, but we also got lots and lots of sausages. I feel like all of the tours out there, I don't know, you know, in Iceland, when you go like the, the shark, that's like the thing to get in the hot dogs out there. That's like the thing to get. you go to Italy, you get pizza. I, even after a week in Finland, I, I honestly don't know what like their go-to food is. I really think it's sausage and pizza. Like everywhere had pizza, sausage. And then, like, restaurants, actual restaurants, like, sit-down places had, um, what was it, like, salmon? Yeah, reindeer, a lot. Salmon and reindeer everywhere. Or, did they even have chicken? I don't even know. I, I didn't I see like chicken one time. salmon and reindeer everywhere. I was, and it wasn't even good salmon. Like, you guys, you do not go to Finland for food. Just as a fair warning. Was, Although, I will say, I, I, I would say a Puka Resort. They had the one of the top five breakfast buffets out of any hotel we've ever stayed in. You're not wrong. But outside of that, it's like, eh, you know. Getting back to the tour, it was just comical because like we're I feel like we're going to talk about each tour and every single one's a little bit different. But this tour was like we showed up. There were nine other people. We all got in this van and we started driving out. It's nine o'clock, which is when most of the tours start. And which, which is kind of funny that they start so late because the sun goes down at 2 p.m. Now that I think about it. Well, Aurora forecast is always at the true, house, very like true. 10 to 2 a.m. Anyway, so we're driving out. We go to this dry lake bed, and then we all get out of the car. She gives everyone a tripod. Everyone has their camera, and I'm like, I don't know. It looks a little cloudy up there, and we all start hiking out. She sets up her tripod. She's like, sometimes when you take a picture, even if there's clouds, like, the aurora is there and your eyes can't see and I'm like, I don't know. Every I mean, it's kind of is true. But, <laughs> but like, every uh, time that I've seen the aurora and it's been like really good, it's when you see it with your eyes. I've never experienced it where you only can see it with the camera. But, you know, maybe that's me. But it was just funny. We would take pictures in every direction. And we were like, after about 10 minutes of explaining how the aurora happened, that one was actually one of the best tours, I feel like. Yeah, we, she was really good at explaining like the science behind the auroras. She even drew like diagrams in the snow. So that was, was cool. That was really cool. 
And then we got back in the van and we drove up to our second location, almost got stuck while driving there. The poor gal had to shovel a bunch of snow in order for us to even drive out to the area. Then we hiked out for what, 10, 15 minutes to, until we got to a tent in the middle of the snow. A yeah, we were a little teepee. And then we learned how to start a fire and we learned how to chop wood. I learned a lot of survival skills this week. You know, like, that, that was a dub. We'll take the W. <laughs> I really learned how to make a fantastic fire every single night of the week. Yeah. So anyway, we started making a fire out there and then I was trying to get time lapses or get footage because, you know, we have we have to take some pictures and videos to highlight the northern lights and our experience for this tour that we were doing. And then all of a sudden we go outside, it's still cloudy. And then we hang out there. We start roasting sausages. We roast some marshmallows. And that was it. After that, we all get back inside the van. We drive back to our town of Romanini. Romanini? Romanini. I, I'm still struggling to or say, they say it. Romanini. Or like Romanini. There we go. That was 10 out of 10. Thank you. 10 out of 10. I committed. We got back in the car, drove back to our Airbnb. And I, I don't know. I just, it was so interesting that you can pay like how much? 150 like bucks. 200 bucks yeah. to sit there and roast weenies. I mean, if you see the Northern Lights, it's like, all right, that was totally worth it. But if not, really, I, I wasted like, what, three hours of my time driving around to just have some sausages. Here I don't know. is my two cents. If you are a Northern Lights operator anywhere in the Arctic Circle and you know that there's like a 0% chance of seeing the Northern Lights, cancel the dang tour and like save the people the money. I get that you're a business, but that's just like... Some some tours did do that. They will like cancel and say, "Hey, like you're not gonna see it. You're literally gonna be sitting in the snow, and like it's not gonna be enjoyable. Here's a refund." Yes, that's what I respect. But we got bamboozled not once, but like three times this week on tours that we actually booked, and they still ran them even though there was ninety nine percent cloud coverage. It so was we so like, interesting. What the heck? Like, the, and you know the funny part was the day after we were like okay the whole northern lights didn't happen that night it was cloudy we understand we looked on instagram and there was a ton there was this one person tagging robinini and like i saw the northern lights last night and we were like it was one of the okay this is some tea (laughs) this is some tea one of the companies we went with that first night we like obviously didn't see them like we just said and that same company on instagram was like wow look at these pictures we got last night on our uh northern lights like photography tour and we dm them and we're like what night was this from and they were like oh the tour last night and we were like we were on that tour there were no northern lights like nobody got photos and they didn't respond it was so interesting to like like, that's like false advertising and our guide literally she she looked us straight in the face and was like yeah half of the things here like are photoshopped people just photoshopped the northern lights on their advertisements like it's in, in like everywhere online it says in Rovaniemi you get like a 50% chance of seeing the lights every day, basically, with the exception of summer because of the midnight sun. So we were like, okay, when you're reading a blog on that, you're like 50% chance. That's like a really good chance if you're staying there for a week. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, when we first planned it, we were like, how, how much time do we need to stay there to see the Northern Lights? And we were like, okay, seven, eight days. That's probably totally perfect. If there's a 50% chance, let's say we get skunked for the first night and then we catch it like that should be plenty of time to see it right <laughs> you guys know our luck with the weather we sit here as we're recording this in a cyclone so classic. yes if you if you hear any wind or any any birds chirping it's because we're in the middle of australia and but that's for another episode. yeah we'll, we'll save that little sneak peek of what we've been up to but anyway it it was just comical and the next day so we wake up 
And we're like, okay, maybe sunrise, maybe something. We booked a night in another glass igloo. And honestly, the experiences of visiting the different hotels was probably one of my favorite things. I think that they do a really good job. We went to like Santa Claus land. And Steven loves Santa Claus. Honestly, I was low-key a big fan. Like, if you guys are into Christmas or anything, I feel like you could go there summer, winter, spring, fall, and you're going to be like, I I am experiencing Christmas right now. (laughs) It's a tourist trap, but it's like a cute tourist trap. I wouldn't necessarily buy any. Like, you don't need to go sit on Santa's lap. You don't need to. I mean, if you have kids, go for it. And pay a picture of Steven sitting on Santa's lap. (laughs) That would have been comical, but... I mean, you can go and they have like really fun things to do there. There's tons of lights. There's reindeer riding. Don't do it there though. Yeah, we were reading a little bit about it, but that spot was really cool. And then we went to one of the first hotels that we were potentially going to stay at, but we didn't. It was called the Arctic Treehouse. And it was just a cool vibe. The restaurant there was really good. We had, I had some reindeer. Really good. Okay. Once again, back to the food. Really good. (laughs) The soup was really good. The salmon... Mm. See, I think that in Finland, they just cook their salmon very differently it's than like, we do in the U.S. It's salty and gamey. And if you don't like that, I feel like soup, it, in the U.S., like when G and I cook salmon at home, we always broil it or we'll potentially throw it. Like there's so many other ways to cook it. But whenever we saw them cook it there, they threw it over fire and did it almost like a smoke. So the outside was super, super crispy, almost like it was overdone. And then the inside had a very, very gamey taste. I don't know if it was because it was more wild caught or maybe it's a different type of salmon. But I remember G took a bite and she was like, oh my gosh. And she loves salmon. G is all about the salmon. And I was like, okay, G, maybe she's, you know, just a little tired. Maybe it's jet lag. And I took a bite and I was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, and we're foodies. So, and this is coming off very entitled. I do realize this, but, you know, avoid the salmon. Um, But anyways, the, the rest of that resort looked really cool. Now, one thing about all the hotels in Finland is they're super expensive if you want to stay at, like, the cool Northern Lights ones. So, yeah, this this trip was not easy on the wallet, but I think it was worth it. Like we said, we're doing a bucket list series, so if it's a big bucket list thing for us, we're really trying to make it happen. So the second place that we stayed at was Apuka. Like G said, they were one of the best breakfasts that we had, and they had so much to do. I feel like we, if you really want to see what we got up to, you can check out our YouTube video about the sauna experience and everything that we did there. But I feel like that was probably my, probably my favorite place I think we stayed. I agree. And I think if you only had time in Finland where you have to choose one Northern Lights accommodation, I would recommend Apuka, I think. They just had like a lot to do there where you wouldn't get bored every single day. You would, I really think you only need three days there. I think that's how long we were there. Yeah, I would say three days. I feel like one of the days we drove out to the national park in Finland. It was really cool. They had this one beautiful national park that has, you have you ever seen like candy canes? I'm sure you've seen candy canes. Well, the trees kind of look like candy canes. They, they get look so. Like the trees from the Grinch. That's another great way of describing it. They're super curvy. Like the top of them, they lean over because of how much snow the area gets. It was just really, really cool to see. It was kind of a fun way to get out of the bad weather that we were having in Rovanini. But when we got back, like I said, the sauna experience that we had there was so much fun. That was probably our like best hitting surprise of that whole stay. Hands down. If you guys follow us on Instagram, you saw a little bit about us going from the snow, dipping in, jumping in the cold lake, and then going back to the fire sauna. But the fire sauna was unlike any sauna that we've ever done. Like think of the normal sauna you get at like LA Fitness or on a cruise ship or any other saunas that you've gone and multiply it by like a hundred. Like people thought we were exaggerating when I looked up how hot it was. 
people think we were exaggerating on our Instagram caption when we were like, yeah, it gets up to 100 degrees Celsius because most people like to keep it around 80 to 90. But this was a traditional wood burning sauna. And like, I have never felt like my face was going to melt off in my entire life in a good way. Like I could only last five minutes at a time in there because it was so freaking hot. It was crazy because we walked in and there was a massive pile of wood to the side. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stoke it for you. He like filled it up. Like he put maybe to the brim. 15 pieces of wood inside this furnace. And then he closed the door and was like, all right, that's going to heat up. And then you want to keep it extremely hot. Probably every two, three minutes, you want to throw more wood in. We were like, okay, thinking it was going to be kind of hot. And I remember G opened the door to go in and I was like, oh my goodness. Like my nostrils hurt breathing in there. <laughs> and we've done several saunas since that sauna now and can confirm that is the hottest sauna we've ever done. Those wood fire. It kind of makes me miss that one though. Cause we start, I, G and I do not do a lot of saunas. So Going into that and starting at that temperature and like that experience, I feel like it's been very hard to follow because the first time that we did it, yes, we were both on fire. I felt like I was sitting in the pits of hell. But, but then you jump in the ice lake exactly. and you're like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And I don't know if you guys have ever done anything where you dip your body inside like an ice bath or if you live in like Minnesota, for instance, and maybe you go do like an ice uh, or dip yourself inside the frozen lake or something but it like shocks the body. But also if you do it the right way, it creates so much adrenaline. I was pumped. I was so stoked. Six times in a row. I was amped. And then as soon as you finish that, you just run straight back into the sauna. So all of a sudden this wood burning, extremely hot, 100 degrees Celsius sauna is not as bad. And it's like very, very refreshing. And then you're mentally like, I'm ready to go back to this. I'm ready to go back to the snows. It was so, I feel like refreshing is is a good word. It took my breath away quite a few times. I think I did it three or four times, which I didn't even think I was going to go in to BH, but yeah, it was, it was worth it. Cause you were, you get so stinking hot. I've never been so sweaty in my entire life. Yeah. yeah that was a highlight. And it was really fun. I feel like another interesting fact about Finland that was really cool is on some of the signs, they said there's like over 2 million saunas in Finland. There's almost as many saunas as there are people. Isn't that wild? They said that it's like most apartment complexes come with a sauna just in the back, in the room already, or most houses, they build saunas. Some people, if you don't have a sauna at your house or in your apartment, usually there's like a public sauna that you can go to. It's just such a part of the culture there. And I really like that. I feel like that was one thing about Finland. I was like, this is super unique in like 10, 20 years. When someone asks me, how is Finland? I'm going to remember little things, but I'm honestly going to remember the saunas the most. Or as they say, the sauna. <laughs> and I mean, I feel like sauna is a re- or the sauna is a really, really Your fun. <laughs> My accents are terrible, but there's so much fun to do with people because they're good conversations. You can talk business in there. You can go in and just relax for your personal health. Like there, it's a great social setting. You can just message your friend and be like, anyone want to go to the sauna tonight? You know, it just. The irony is they were saying like our sauna guide, most people in Finland are like very anti, not social, but like they'll kind of make brief conversation with you if you're in an elevator with them and not want to like chat up a storm. But then you go into a sauna, like a communal one, and everyone's naked. And they're just like chatting away. Like the sauna, when you're naked, is the place to go and have a great conversation. It was funny because this whole past week we were, we were just on a Norwegian cruise ship. And Stephen made some buddies in the sauna. 
And I totally thought of what that guy said. Like, you just meet some really interesting people in the sauna. Although you couldn't be naked in that one. No, you could not. But it was great. Me and my, if you guys don't know Rio Travelers, Trent is awesome. We spent a lot of time in the sauna, I feel like, together this trip. But we go in there and we met this awesome dude who's just like, yeah, I've met so many people. I make business deals in the sauna. This is what I do. Like, if you guys don't do this every week, I was like, well, shoot. And now G and I are like, should we put a sauna in our house? Is this- I know. I was like, how expensive is a sauna? But... This is this is how much Finland has, you know, influenced us. <laughs> yeah. No, that was one really good thing we got out of that trip. Another really good thing was, I think, the snowmobiling that we did. That was really, really fun. I have never been in, like, such a remote winter wonderland before. And that was just kind of, like, an additional add-on that we did at Apuka and it was really fun. I mean, we did it right when, so the sun was setting at like 2 p.m., like we said. We only had four hours of daylight every single day we were there. Mind-blowing. Which really messes with your system. <laughs> like our, it, our jet lag was one thing, but when you get up and sunrise is at like 10 a.m. and sunsets at 2 p.m., it throws you off. You're like, what do I do the rest of the day? That was weird. We would get up at like 8 a.m. and go to breakfast because breakfast ended at 10. We were like, there's no way we're ever missing a breakfast. So we we headed over to breakfast and it was it was dark outside. Like it was lag. it was not even like, oh, you know, the sun's gonna come up in an hour. It was like the sun's gonna come up in three and a half hours, but we're still going to breakfast. And then after you go on like a hike or maybe you do one activity during the day, all of a sudden after lunch, it's 2 p.m. and it's getting dark again and then it's like do i take a nap what do you do i got we, took some naps. we both got so sleepy from how dark it got out there it was just mind-blowing and it could have been the jet lag but it was just a weird adjustment but anyways most of our activities were either at night or at quote sunset so our snowmobile was at sunset the was snowmobile really cool. was awesome yeah. i was gonna say i don't know if it's because we live in california and we don't own a snowmobile we don't go snowmobiling so i'm curious if someone from like canada went to finland and was like wow look at this snowmobile or if they're like okay i'm going slow i'm used to going 50 miles an hour on my snowmobile i think it i feel it really feel like finland was such a cool switch up because we do live in california so there are so many things where we just don't get to experience i was like the whole reason we wanted to go was for the northern lights but we made sure to have contingency plans if in case we didn't see them so that's why like snowmobiling and the saunas and our husky dog sledding and our hiking and stuff we made sure we had some fun things to do just in case we didn't see them and i'm so happy we did that i feel like after the snowmobile the next thing we have to talk about is the husky dog sled oh, that we that, we, so that, that experience that we had when we were there i it, have a husky at home and she is the most loud noisy dog ever her name's <laughs> reagan and she's really cute. But after going and seeing these huskies run, I was like, this dog does not get enough exercise. They get so excited to go running. And now I understand why whenever my dog gets out, she just bolts for days. And like, it was so interesting to hear because we would be like, we did the snowmobile tour before we did the dog tour. So on the snowmobile tour, all of a sudden we just hear yelping and like barking. And we were like, what is happening? And then you realize they're just like so excited to go. And we had to have been like, what, a mile, mile and a half away. And we could hear them, the sound. And then all the people that we saw from Apuka that were, that had already done the dogs that were like, you better hold on. And they say, go, like it almost knocked me off the sled. I was so going into, we were like, oh shoot, what's How serious are these dog sleds are going to be? It was, and then you get there and the sound is like deafening. I would imagine how many, 90, yeah, 95 huskies just barking at the top of their lungs. And, they, and it was so interesting because they'd all sit there and watch the guy who owned them all 
and was their like dog trainer. They'd all sit there and see what he does. And they, you know that they know the routine. When he starts doing one thing, it's like, oh, it's almost time to go. So as soon as he like walked towards the sleds that we were all gonna be on, everyone just went wild. The dog, I've never seen dogs like that. Also, it was very interesting too, because anything with animal tourism is always a touchy subject, but like these dogs genuinely want to go running and like that's what they're made for. And we talked to a lot of people out in Finland, just like locals about it. And they're like, out here, we don't view dogs as like pets. They're like bred for work, which is really interesting. And it's crazy to me. They were saying like in one day that you could, that a dog could basically run all the way to San Francisco, like that type of mileage. Like if they started in San Diego, they if they had a 24 hour period, they could pull you all the way up. And it wasn't, when I thought of Dusky or Dusky, when I thought of Husky dog sledding, I thought it would be like, you know, eight, 10, 15 dogs pulling G and I and some gear. There were three dogs. Yeah, they're crazy strong. It blew my mind. I was like, how are they? There's no way, I weigh 220 pounds. G weighs, what, 120 or 110, I don't know, something like that. And then our backpack weighs half a G. It's like 50, 60 pounds. But yeah, they were playing it no problem. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was so much fun. You know, we were just cruising along. It, It feels like something out of a movie. You're like, am I actually like being pulled around by a husky right now and we did it at night so it was, it, you couldn't even see anything it was like a roller coaster <laughs> it was an aurora dog slide but obviously we did not have aurora that night but yeah then afterwards you could just pet the dogs for like 30 minutes and like give them all the love it was a good time yeah that was a, that was a whole fun experience apuka was great it was i was really happy because i got my suitcase back when i got to apuka one of the things that happened i don't know if you guys ever have ever had this happen but whenever we do connecting flights i feel like g or i one of us is bound to lose our suitcase this can only happen twice but i'm exaggerating but if you guys remember our iceland episode i lost my suitcase going to iceland and that put us back a little bit this time it was steven's turn yeah so and that luckily we put all of my big jackets inside giselle's bag so we didn't have to worry too much about like me freezing but i was pretty stoked when i finally got it we got to apuka i was like yes and they had sleds out like to bring your luggage inside so we didn't have to roll them to the room. I thought that was really cute. Like that was adorable. All your suitcases on a sled and you bring it to your room. Yeah, that was that was so much fun. Anyway, let's get let's get to the or we forgot to add as well on the Husky Dog Tour and the Snowmobile Tour and our Aurora Snow Train Tour. We got sausages on every and berry juice. My favorite thing of the whole. Week. Oh, we haven't talked I about haven't talked berry about juice food. yet. Dude, the one good thing from the culinary side of Finland was those heated berry juice. I don't know what it's actually called. I heard it was like called glog or something. I don't know if that's accurate. And we would ask everyone like, "What is this a mix of?" And everyone's like, "I don't know. It's, it's berry, berry juice." juice. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I had so much berry juice that week. It was fantastic. And they make it so it's nice and warm. I, the only thing I can compare it to is like warm apple cider. I or feel like, like that's the American version. The medicine ball from Starbucks. That's what it reminds me of. That, like the honey citrus mint tea. That that Good totally makes sense. Stuff. But I feel like it, it is refreshing, though, when it's, like, so cold out there. I mean, normally they say it's, like, negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit, which is, I think, it right around negative 30 degrees. In um, January. But, anyways, we went in January. After going, I would recommend going in March or October if you're looking for northern lights and want better weather. All I'm saying. Yeah, that was one thing that we learned afterwards. So, like we said, G and I were researching, and the trip, everyone on their blogs was like, 
Uh, Finland is one of the top spots in the whole world to see it. It gets it 50% of the time. It's October to April. Yeah, they were like, any time in that time period. And after talking to the locals, they're like, yeah, we only see it maybe like once or twice a month unless you really look for it. And we were like, what? And then false advertising. And then everyone else was saying, no, 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 you need to come in March or October because those are like the equinoxes during the year. So it seems like that is when all the Northern Lights activity happens. So it was, it was just really interesting in everything there. All the tours, they all say Northern. You're not just going dog, you're dog sledding. You're going on a Northern Lights dog sled. You're not just going snowmobiling. It's a uh it's a northern light snowmobile you're not just going to roast sausages in a tent you're going to do that with the aurora light a rural nature walk yes and after doing all these tours and stuff i mean two of them were because we were on a gig and then the other ones we booked ourselves through a package at a hotel but like after doing all of them i would say like try and book your tours like last minute when you're there so that way you're not wasting money if you don't have a high aurora forecast like just do that research while you guys are there because there's so many different war tours. It's like very hard for them to all get booked up unless you're going the week of Christmas. And I, I highly recommend if you're going the week of Christmas, book everything in advance. Yeah, they said that's when it's like hands down the most popular. I feel like another hard part for us when it came to the Aurora is we kept seeing this one guy on Instagram. Oh my see God, it seeing ev- him about to throw some hands. I was losing my mind. So every sing- literally every single night, we were out hunting for the Aurora for seven days, whether it was on our own or through a tour. And sometimes after our tour, there was one night we finished our, I think it was the Aurora Husky dog sled. So we got back to our room at like 10.30, we did some work, we're in bed by like midnight, and then all of a sudden we got the Aurora alert and we were like, wait, we're going hunting. So we get out and it's like 1 a.m. that we're searching and we get a roar alert that we saw it at our, and we're seeing this person on Instagram post stories and they're like, I'm seeing the Aurora right now. This is crazy. And they're tagging Roving and we're like, where the heck is he looking? So Black we're- twist. He was not in Roving. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's the end of the story. That's the punchline. I mean, the punchline, I guess, is that we saw it that night, but we're driving around everywhere. So we finally make it over to Apuka and we're standing outside and someone was like I just saw it and we were like okay we're we're posting up so there was clouds everywhere and then finally we saw the aurora it was definitely through the clouds because the yeah. activity was so high but it, we still got to see it which was, was really cool only two other people that woke up and like actually went outside to go look and the irony is like we were getting these aurora reports we went back to the lake the first night that we had gone to on the tour and then, like, we were getting the alert that it was 20 minutes back at the hotel, which is like, we, oh, I should have just stayed at the hotel, blah, blah, blah. And then it ended up actually, like, coming through the clouds. But it was such a high KP index. Like, everyone's like, oh, it's not going to go off tonight. It's not going to go off tonight. And then it went off. And I was, like, very happy that I still got to see it through the clouds. Like, watching them dance was really cool. Yeah, it was but beautiful to see. But it didn't last very long, and it was through the clouds. So I will still take it. It's a win. But, but it's a small W, not a big W. Yeah, but getting back to this one guy, he was posting like every single day he was finding Northern Lights. So He's I, a hunter, an Aurora hunter. I was losing my mind. I was like, we're going on Aurora. And then we were like, okay, maybe we should message this guy. Let's try and get on a tour. And we ended, we couldn't end up doing it because there was no availability. Or he would say, no, if he thinks that it won't happen, he just he doesn't even go you. out on a tour. Which is how it should be. Exactly. Like, respectable. He's got a 100% accuracy this, this season. But... Yeah, it was just frustrating because we were like, oh, if we could have driven five hours to the very northern tip of Sweden, we would have seen them. Yeah, it was just, it was frustrating for, I feel like as photographers, when you're like, okay, I'm here to do one thing 
And then you keep failing over and over. You're like, bro, what is that? But I mean, we did not get a single photo that is postable, editable, whatever. We got iPhone videos. That's all we got. Yeah. I mean, we, we still, we got to see them. Anyway, after the Northern Lights tour, our experience at Apuka, we went to probably the most unique and definitely the coldest hotel in the entire world. <laughs> I had the bright idea of staying overnight in a snow hotel. So basically, I found this online. It's called the Arctic Snow Hotel in Glass Igloos. And you can spend um, one night overnight in this hotel. It's entirely made out of snow and ice. And each room, there's 20 different rooms, and they're all different sculptures and different artists theme the room. And every year the hotel is different. And it's only open from December to March, and then it literally melts. And then they go and like start working on the sculptures in the summertime, and they store them in freezers. So then when it comes around and they're done building like the outside of the hotel again, they can just like put the sculptures and stuff in the rooms. But it was really cool. It was mind-blowing. I feel like we looked at or G booked it and I was like, okay, it's going to be like one or two rooms. It's going to be like a little snow hotel. Like, it'll be really cool. And we walk in and this thing is massive, like absolutely gigantic. There's 20 rooms in it and 10 of the rooms are suites. So suites are like the super luxury over the top ice sculptures in the room, multiple themes. It was really, really interesting. And then the other 10 are more accessible, like smaller rooms that you would find at like almost like a motel size compared to like a massive suite that you can upgrade to. But it was really, really interesting to go in there and just hang out. And they gave us these fun little sleeping bags so we didn't get cold at all. And the, they literally had an ice bar. The ice bar, I think, was probably my favorite part because you could go and get a drink from there. And then they give you the glass and you can literally throw the glass at the wall and just let it crack. And they were like, yeah, it's a tradition. After you take a shot, you grab your glass and you chuck it so the glass breaks. But technically, the glass is ice. It was just, it felt so good. I was like, why isn't this a normal thing in all bars? He's like, or, or the bartender was like, this is the only place you can get away with this, where you can actually throw stuff inside the bar and break it. Yeah, that was really cool. And then this ice restaurant as well, they served us dessert on an ice plate. That was cool. Yeah, it was really, really fun. I was like, look at this. And funny story about that. The waiter was like, this is not a souvenir. This is an ice plate. So we were like, okay. And she said that one time some lady was like, no. I'm taking this ice plate as a souvenir and she put it in her purse and then took it with her. And then like a week later, they emailed the Arctic Snow Hotel and was like, we're going to sue you because your snow plate or your ice plate destroyed my iPad or my laptop or something like that. And they were like, uh, it's we an ice plate. Like, <laughs> this is the caliber of the world. Can we just say that? <laughs> it was so funny. But no, that was a really cool thing. So we also, we booked the five senses of ice package there. So that was like one night overnight in the snow hotel. And then if you guys want to see that full experience, by the way, there's going to be a full YouTube video on it coming soon. And then we did the ice bar and the ice restaurant. So that was three. And then we did ice fishing. Oh boy. That was funny. Ice fishing. Have you guys ever been ice fishing? I've only been fishing one time. So maybe ice fishing was not the best second time fishing ever <laughs> it was it was funny because they we walk over and we're literally on a lake and they give us like a imagine like a a six foot tall drill bit like a drill bit you would use to like hang stuff in the wall so basically they give you like a six foot tall drill bit and from there you screw it into the snow so imagine all of us sitting there it's a hand screw so we're just pumping away going down it probably takes like 60 seconds to a minute for me to do it but poor giselle sat there for like three or four minutes and she's like my i'm dying body, my upper body said no 
Um, that ice was thick. And then by the time I got done drilling, I was the last one to use the drill because I was being polite and let everyone else go first. Then they were like, I had like maybe five minutes with my bait in the water and they're like, okay, it's time to pack up. I'm like, what the heck? And it was comical. They're like, they don't really teach you how to do it really. They're like, okay, here's a worm, stick it in the hole. Hopefully you catch something. And then I lost a few worms. And at the end, no one in our group had caught anything. I was like, this this feels kind of, I don't know. It was, a, it was a fun experience. They said that it, again, it's a very, um, what's the word? It's a very social event that people in Finland do. But I mean, if that's their source of fun, I don't know. It, I, it's so interesting. Saunas and ice fishing. <laughs> and then I feel like that was, that was really like the last big thing that, um, oh, no, you forgot the snow sauna. Oh, oh, the snow sauna. I can't, how could I forget that? That was the last and final of the ice package. And it was pretty cool. Like, absolutely a different experience than our first sauna experience. It was interesting because we're like, a sauna in the snow. How does that work? How does that not melt? I don't get it. And I think that, so they give you three different things to do for that sauna experience. So you go in like a normal sauna with a broiler. It was okay. We we missed our, you know, fire sauna that we had lakeside. That was really, really cool. But then we went into this little igloo and the, there was another broiler in there and there were ice seats. And I was like, what is going to happen? So basically the second that you pour the water on top of this broiler, you can't see anything. The entire room gets so steamy and it was almost hard to breathe. I feel like I was, and I was like, the, the snow on the top of our igloo started dripping on us. I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah, it was. It was different. It didn't get as hot. And I think that's for a reason. They like regulate the temperature for like 10 minutes max. Like you're not in there for very long, but they say it's the world's only snow sauna. So check that off the bucket. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a unique experience. And then after that, we went up and had the jacuzzi for a little bit. So it was a nice way to relax. I don't know if I would necessarily tell everyone to do it, but it was cool. I, it was a fun little like check off the bucket list. Had must do in Finland. <laughs> Yeah, and then we also got to go in the jacuzzi and the norm. They had a normal sauna too, but it wasn't nearly as hot as that wood sauna. So it was cool, but I think the the sauna experience at Apuka was more memorable. Yeah, I definitely think out of all the places we stayed or even looked at between the tree, uh, the Arctic tree house, Apuka, the Arctic snow hotel, the glass igloo there, and our Airbnb, I feel like Apuka was probably my It felt the most family-oriented and I guess we did see the Northern Lights there. You know, That's I feel true. like I feel like that could be the the true winner. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So that was basically like our our time in Finland. Would we go back? Do you think that we'll ever go back to Finland? Absolutely, I think yes. But I don't think we'll go back to Rovaniemi. I think we've done everything we could in Rovaniemi. Yeah. I think we'd go further up north with the hopes that we can see more aurora, but. I personally would rather go try out Norway and Sweden first and then go back to Finland. Yeah, I would like to go to Finland too in the summer because we heard Finland no, during... they said the mosquitoes were really bad, remember? I, I don't remember that. Yeah, they were like, oh, don't come here in August. You'll get eaten alive. Oh, boy. And then if you all have been listening for a while, you know the mosquitoes love me. <laughs> Helsinki was a really nice airport, though. I would fly through there again. I just, yeah, I would say Helsinki or like any of the more northern parts, but I feel like Rovaniemi is such a small town where we literally did everything we could there. Yeah, I, I feel like we went for seven days. I would almost recommend go for like, yeah, I think that a good way to do that whole little Arctic Circle area would be either to fly into Helsinki or fly into 
Norway or Sweden and just do a little road trip. Take like 10, 11 days maybe and hang out three or four days in Norway, hang out two or three days in Sweden and then spend three or four days in Finland and then get out of there. But I feel like that's a great little Arctic circle adventure because you have multiple time multiple opportunities to see the northern lights but as well you would also get a ton of different cultures from the different places up there but they're all very similar it's all called lapland for a reason that is true but yeah i would i think that would be really dope to go back and do a an arctic circle road trip and you know what the killer of this all was was we ri- we rode off iceland so fast because we were like no we went there every single day we were in finland all of our friends in iceland saw the northern lights like Every day. Yeah, we were crying. Oh my God, (laughs) we played ourselves so hard on that. Yeah, all of our friends that were from, or all the people that we were watching from Canada and from the Southwest, they were all in Iceland. We were like, how are they getting it every single day? We're literally right next to Iceland, nothing. Yeah, they they were the only spot free of clouds. All of Lapland, though, was totally clouded out. So unless you were like doing some crazy hardcore hunting, you were not seeing those things multiple days, but... Awesome range. Yeah. Everyone in our tours too were like, we'd go around at the fires when we were making our sausages and drinking our hot berry juice, you know. And <laughs> Can't forget every, about the berry juice. Every single person was like, oh, have you seen the Northern Lights before? And anyone who said yes, we were like, okay, where'd you see them? And everyone said Iceland. It was quite fun. Maybe it's because Iceland is much more heavily visited, maybe you think? I don't know. I feel like a lot of people go to Norway and Sweden and Finland because like when we were crossing the border patrol in Finland, they're like, why are you here? We're like, to see the Northern Lights. And they're like, just like everyone else. I was like, this lady must hate her life. But- I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and I mean, that's one thing that I think Finland's done a great job of doing. It's like New Hampshire. New Hampshire's made itself known as the fall destination of the U.S. Like everyone thinks of that place now and it's incredibly busy there because of how amazing the fall colors there and how good their marketing is. And then looking to Finland, I think that the reason so many people think of them when it comes to Northern Lights is because of how good they do with Photoshopping. I mean, anytime there is a Northern Lights moment there, they're capturing it and that's the stuff that they're gonna highlight because we dr- we did drive around quite a bit and it was pretty flat. There were like some mountains, there were other things to do, but I definitely feel like the main thing to do out there is check out the Northern Lights. There was a little bit of hiking, but if the snow hiking out there definitely felt like it was very similar to a lot of the other snow hiking that I've seen here in the U.S. or Iceland or like Canada. Washington, I would say, yeah. is the closest you get to it. Yeah, I feel like it, it's very similar. So definitely the one thing that they really have to market, and they kill it. And you know, Adobe should be sponsoring them with all that Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one day we'll go back and be able to get good photos of it. Yeah. It's going to happen when we don't have our cameras. That's just... I know it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Unfiltered Adventures. There's a little episode all about our experience in Finland. Coming up, we have our experience on what it's really like being on a cruise for 12 days going from New Zealand to Australia. So you're probably cruising wrong. We originally were not cruise people and... We've now done it four times, and I feel like we've gotten really good at it. And a lot of people are like, you know, I wouldn't normally consider cruising, but you guys have at least made me interested. So we'll be going over all of our experiences on that, both tips and, you know, stuff that happens that you can't avoid when you're on a cruise. And if you guys want to see more episodes of Unfiltered Adventures, don't forget to give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening to. 
And make sure to go and give us a follow on Instagram at the Unfiltered Adventures Podcast. We're going to be posting all kinds of fun little pieces and snippets there. And as always, don't forget to share it with one other person, anyone you think that might be thinking about going to Finland or maybe lives in Finland or has been there, or just shoot us a DM and let us know what your favorite part about the episode was. And with that, we will see you next Friday with another episode of Unfiltered Adventures.